you're listening to the summary of the interview. For a link to the full-length episode, please check the description below. Welcome to another episode of Investing in Regenerative Agriculture, Investing as if the Planet Mattered, a podcast show where I talk to the pioneers in the regenerative food and agriculture space to learn more on how to put our money to work to regenerate soil, people, local communities and ecosystems while making an appropriate and fair return. Why my focus on soil and regeneration? Because so many of the pressing issues we face today have their roots in how we treat our land, grow our food and what we eat. And it's time that we as investors, big and small and consumers, start paying much more attention to the dirt slash soil underneath our feet. Before we get started, I've been recording these interviews next to my day job and I will definitely continue to do so and release about an episode a month. But at the same time, I would love to take this further, share more interviews. There are many more stories to share on investing in regenerative food and agriculture. More depth, improve the quality, maybe even doing some video series. So I started a Patreon community, which makes it easy to support creators like myself. If these podcasts have been of value to you, and if you have the means, I invite you to support me and make this happen. For more information, please find the link to my Patreon account in the description below. And now, without further ado, the interview. Enjoy! I'm here today with Paul McMahon, co-founder and managing partner of SLM Partners, an asset manager that acquires and manages rural land on behalf of institutional investors to scale up regenerative ecological farming and forestry systems. He's also the writer of a white paper called The Investment Case of, for Ecological Farming. I think we see land at the, the center of a number of um, you know, overlapping and increasingly important environmental issues. Uh, you know, for example, um, you know, climate change, you know, land is going to be a huge role as a carbon sink as you try and get um, greenhouse gas emissions you know, out of the atmosphere, um, and whether that's in soil, whether it's in, in, in trees or, or biomass on the land. But terrestrial carbon, we think, has got a, a huge future of the next you know, 50 to 100 years. We think those systems are proven at a small scale, uh, and there's some fantastic case studies out there. And I'll know often driven just by innovative farmers, not necessarily coming out of academia or the research institutes, but by really innovative farmers trying out new ideas and, and, and sort of creating things from the ground up. Um, and so they're proven at a small scale, but they need to be scaled up. You know, and that's where we think investment capital can play a role. I think there's two things changing at the moment. What we're seeing is that those, let's say, what were previously externalities, which people got away with for free, are increasingly being priced and regulated, you know, and, and, and so actually um, farmers, land managers have been, are, are being forced by policy and regulation to actually um, take into account you know, the impacts they're having on carbon, on water, on soils and you know, biodiversity. I think a second and maybe even a, a, more, um, a more powerful driver, a more immediate driver, is uh, shifting consumer demands and consumer trends. Farming is the ultimate biological uh, uh, business. You know, it, it, it's it's you know, the fundamental business of farming is, is taking sunlight, uh, you know, energy, uh, combining with water and, and the, the properties and, and minerals of the soils you know, to grow things. Organic cropping systems, um, which are able to outproduce in terms of yield, actually conventional cropping systems you know, during droughts. You know, been a number of case studies in 2012 in the US where that was the case with, with corn production. There's also diversity. I think you, you find that those 
more ecological farms tend to be growing a, a broader mix of, of crops or raising a, a broader mix of animals. So you're getting certain resilience just from diversity, um, which, which really reflects and mimics nature. We founded SM Partners in 2009, um, and, and our, our vision is you know, building an asset management uh, firm uh, wholly focused on sustainable regenerative agriculture and forestry. So we take a real assets approach, so we're in most cases looking to acquire land or invest in land as a primary asset, uh, and then look to to really um, accelerate the shift in management, you know, from, from let's say, more uh, conventional unsustainable practices to more sustainable regenerative practices. What we've done so far, we've raised an Australian beef cattle fund um, in 2012. Uh, we have about 100 million Australian dollars in, in equity and debt uh, in that structure in Australia. But we're raising an Irish forestry fund. Uh, at the moment, the idea there is we're looking to acquire existing mid-rotation commercial forests in Ireland. We want to transform where possible to a, a more sustainable type of forest management called continuous cover forestry, where you never you never clear the forest, you maintain forest cover, you selectively harvest, you get a, a more natural, diverse forest. I mean, that's the other key thing. You know, it's it's it's, um, it's there's lots of people running around, uh, former bankers with presentations spreadsheets and that's kind of easy to do but the hard part is actually making it happen on the ground and for that you need great technical people great operational managers or people who've got dirt on the fingernails and really have done this before a huge amount of education has to be done just to get people comfortable with it with the dynamic of the sector but actually the third thing's happening in the investment side is you know if you look at where money flowed in agriculture over the last five to ten years it mostly went into quite passive buy and lease strategies but that started to run out of steam now because land prices are actually um, coming down, they're correcting, cash rents are coming down. It's a pretty tough time actually in conventional agriculture to make any money. And at the same time, you look what's happening in the organic space uh, in, in these more, let's say, consumer-friendly uh, markets. That's where all the growth is. And that's where premiums are available. That's where people are still making good money. What for you is the number one overlooked risk there? Well, I, I think it depends on your on your time frame. I think if you look uh, over a very long time frame, I think you know the degradation of natural assets, in particular soil degradation, I think it's a huge issue for kind of you know, humankind over the next century. Um, it's one of these slow-run problems that you can ignore, especially if you're in a very fertile area with with, with, with very deep uh, topsoils. Um, but eventually, it will come back to bite you. I think though, in the in the immediate term, the bigger risk. Of, of the more conventional systems is is the changing consumer. You know, the consumer, whether you agree or disagree, you know, wants something different from what conventional ag is selling. What are the two most important barriers you see for the sector to reach its potential? So I think that's probably the biggest challenge still, uh, just be able to, to show evidence and data that this can be done at a scale. I think the second is just a more general one for the sector in that just agriculture of any type is still unfamiliar territory for most investors. It tends to be capital intensive, um, the returns are lower, you know, you're not going to get your VC private equity double, you know, 20-25% net IRRs, it's just not possible. Um, but at the same time, you have a lot of downside protection because you have real assets, you have land, you have biological assets. When you look at the barrier of, of scaling the the few pioneers or the pioneers with a few hundred or a few thousand hectares to 
to a fund like like SLM, uh, like you're managing now. How did you overcome that barrier um, to investors? And we took investors to farms in Australia using the same, exactly the same ideas, having done it with great success. Uh, and so they could sort of see with their own eyes, yeah, you know, this has been done on, let's say, you know, 10,000, 20,000 acres. Well, there's no reason it can't be done on 100,000 or, or, or 500,000 acres. You know, if you look at our, our kind of philosophy is around rural land um, and you know, harnessing sunlight, water um, uh, and, and soils, you know, to, to grow things. Um, and, you know, it, it's interesting. So um, f financial investors like to think in asset classes, but nature doesn't think that way. You know, the boundaries are fluid and everything's interlinked. So we actually we can see a time in the future where we may even try and combine some agriculture and forestry strategies together. If you could give advice to smart investors that want to get into the regenerative agriculture space, what would be your number one advice? Only invest with teams who have real farmers on board. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's too easy to to um, it's too easy to come, to come up and sell a concept, but but. The, Farming is actually really hard. It's actually hard in managing a fund, for example. And so unless you've got people, you know, on a team who've actually done this and have made mistakes and, and, and have the scars to show it, then I'd be a little bit wary. You just listened to the summary of the interview. For the full-length interview, please find the link in the description below. If you found the Investing in Regenerative Agriculture and Food podcast valuable, there are a few simple ways you can use to support it. Number one, rate and review the podcast on your podcast app. That's the best way for other listeners to find the podcast, and it only takes a few seconds. Number two, share this podcast on social media or email it to your friends and colleagues. Number three, if this podcast has been of value to you, and if you have the means, please join my Patreon community to help grow this platform and allow me to take it further. You can find all the details on patreon.com slash regenerative agriculture or in the description below. Thank you so much and see you at the next podcast.